Do you think you need to be some e-commerce superstar to have success selling on Amazon? Nope. Today, we're gonna talk to somebody that I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate to who had zero background in e-commerce. However, after less than a year selling on Amazon, he's already grossing $100,000 a month, all while doing Amazon part-time while he still has a day job. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller here on the line I've never had on the show before. Ron, Ron, how's it going? Good. Excellent. Nice to be here. All right. Well, Ron, uh, you were just telling me you're actually in Virginia, right? Correct. Yep. I was uh, born in Minneapolis, raised there, joined the military, and then uh, started traveling and just never stopped. I like it. I like it. So, so growing up in Minnesota, what was your, uh, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, what was your uh, career goal at that time? You wanted to be a hockey player or? Uh, no, my dad was owned a construction company. So my goal was to go into the construction company with him, kind of the family business thing, um, which I did for a long time. Uh, but then, uh, moved on to bigger and better things. So then at what point did you uh, join the military then? Was that out of high school or after the construction company or before that? So I did the construction company for about three years, decided I want to go to college. My dad was like, if the construction company is not good enough for you, then, then <laughs> you need to do it on your own. And so I went into the military for the GI Bill, uh, did that for about six years, got out and went to, uh, went to college for uh, three years. Okay. And so what was your major there? Electrical engineering. Electrical field. engineering. Yeah, a field I've actually never actually held a job in. <laughs> ah, that's 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 pretty much the story I hear from a, a lot of people. Now, graduating from there or or finishing your curriculum, I guess. Yep. At that point, what field of work did you get into? Um, Obviously, not electrical engineering, as you said. Yeah, um, I actually opened up my own construction company down in Texas, which is where I was uh, stationed for a long time. Um, got married down there, opened up a construction company because we started having kids, needed to make good money right away. And, and that was a field that I knew really well. So went into that. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm sure you did various things uh, over the years. Now, you started in e-commerce with Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, and that was just last year, right? Correct. Uh, listed my first. I started looking into it about May of last year. Uh, listed my first product in October of last year. Okay. How does somebody go from you know studying electrical engineering to having a construction business to hey uh, I think I want to sell on Amazon? Take me through that that segue there. Like <laughs> so, how did that transition happen? So the construction company went really well. Um, at one point, um, so when I was in the military, I was a, a, a airborne uh, paratrooper. Um, when I was doing the construction company, I was making really good money. I kind of picked up skydiving as a hobby, uh, ended up turning that into a career. Uh, that's what I've done for the last 20 years. In skydiving, you kind of have a shelf life. Your body can only handle that kind of abuse for so long. So I was looking in 10 years, when I turn 60, what am I going to be doing? Um, and so I started looking for something that I would allow me to travel, work remotely. And I, I came across Amazon FBA and I was like, hey, this looks like something I could do. Uh, and, you know, it took me about, you know, five, six months to get something listed on Amazon and been doing really well with it since then. 
So how, how did, what was your learning experience like? How, how did you learn Amazon? Uh, I started a school, uh, uh, an Amazon school, uh, Nine University, if you've heard of it. Um, okay. Yep. Learned through them. All right. And so then you, you took that course and then when exactly did you like order your first product? So I ordered it, I don't know, two months before October. So right around this time last year. Um, okay. And, and then it finally got it listed beginning of October of last year. How did you uh, find that product? Like, what was your what was your product research strategy? So the school teaches some different stuff. Um, I really kind of used Helium Ten the most. Uh, the black box. Um, the criteria that I was looking for was a product that was selling at least a million dollars a month. Um, I, I wanted something. Uh, you wanted a, you were looking for a product that sold a million dollars a month. Well, the category does. Oh, okay. I was about to say, good grief. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Talk about uh, were you in the Air Force? Was that the, was that the, uh, <laughs> was that the branch of service? Because isn't there, isn't there a motto aim high? Or something? It is, it is, but I was in the army. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I was looking for a category that did at least a million dollars a month. And then I was looking for something that had, uh, you know, typically low reviews. You've got one or two, uh, uh, sellers in the category that are got a thousand reviews that that's okay. You just don't want, you know, everyone on the first page to have a thousand reviews. That's, that's too much competition to go up against. Okay. So you found the product just, just really quick, fast forwarding. Are you still selling that very first product that you launched last year? I am. I am. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's great. You know, a lot of people fail on their, their first product and they have to give it up. That that's sounds like you did well on the first one. So, yeah. so you ordered the product, uh, I'm assuming from China. Yep. Okay. Ordered the product from China. Now, how did you find, you know, like, how did you find that product? Did you use Alibaba? Did yep. you get a, a sourcing agent or what? Alibaba. Yeah, I don't. I didn't want a middleman. There were a bunch of people that I could have used mm -hmm. as middleman, but that's that's slicing into your profit. Um, I decided to try and find my own supplier. Maybe I fall on my face and and and, and decide to use somebody that knows what they're doing. But um, like I said, I got lucky on a couple steps and and finding a great supplier that's worked with me. They sent me a Christmas gift. Uh, it's crazy. We've got a really good relationship. Well, let's walk through that process because you know a lot of new sellers out there. You know, that, that might be kind of, uh, they might have some uh, trepidation. Oof, fancy vocabulary I'm using here. Uh, they, they might be a little bit uh, nervous, let's just say, about, you know, getting started. Like, hey, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not in China. You know, how do I, I know Alibaba is a reputable website, but like, how do I know that these people aren't going to take my money? So what was your process? Did, did you just, did you find like multiple factories and then you got like a lot of different quotes? Or I did. I started, walk us through I started, it? I started with contacting about 20 um, and, and, and that's going to get cut in half really quick. People who don't get back to you, people who don't understand the questions or there's some kind of language barrier um, and, and you just can't communicate with them to get the answers that you're looking for. So that narrows it down to 10 and, and, and that narrows down to five fairly quickly for some other reasons when you're communicating mm -hmm. back and forth, like the cost of the product. You just can't get it down to get the ROI that you're looking for or something like that. Um, what ROI were, were you looking for? I was looking for anything over 200%, getting it to oh, there you go with that stuff. aim high again. Yeah. My goodness. I, I actually <laughs> ended up with uh, 238. Uh, so but even after PPC, um, I, I was still getting a 200 ROI. Okay. So you found this category. You're like, hey, there, there's there's some. What made you choose it? Like, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's a million dollars in the category. You know, maybe the, a couple of people didn't, you know, only a couple of people had some decent reviews. Yep. But but what other factors were you looking at? Like, w was there just not that many competitors Were the existing competitors, maybe like you could tell they weren't very professional or. So 
that was something that I looked at was the listings on, uh, on the page, you know, looking at the, the quality of the competition. Um, th- there were several big sellers in the category. Um, most of them had fairly good pages. And you could look at the reviews. You could do a little background search on, on um, Helium 10 and realize that there were a lot of people in the market that weren't very good and weren't doing a very good job at it, meaning uh, they weren't getting very many sales. Their listings weren't very good. And these are people that I knew that I could go into the market and I could b- compete. And, and and that would get me onto the first page easy. Now, getting into the top 10 was going to be a little bit more of a struggle, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit higher uh, advertising campaign, that kind of stuff to, to, you know, get the revenue or to, you know, get the clicks, get the sales, get you, get you posted on, you know, on the top 10. Um, but um, uh, yeah, you know, you look at a bunch of, a bunch of little stuff to, to see how that market is and, and, and who you're going in to compete against for sure. Okay. Now, you talk about, you know, getting to page one. So what was your strategy when you first launched your product last year? Like, uh, what was your launch strategy? Were you only doing PPC? Did you run any off Amazon traffic or what did you do? No, and I still haven't run out off Amazon traffic. I, I kind of like to do one thing at a time and master one thing at a time. Right now I'm to the point where, where I've got the one product, I've got three variations. I'm doing really well. My supply chain is, is, is functioning like a machine. It's time to start adding new products. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for more products in the same category to kind of build my base. Did you launch with all three variations or you launched just with one and then added these other two? I launched with one. I wanted to see if it was a viable product first. Then I added a second fire variation that slowly picked up in sales. I added a third variation in April of this year. So then uh, going back to that initial product, it wasn't off Amazon traffic. I'm sorry if I missed it, but what was it just PPC? What, just what got PPC, you to page one? Or? Just PPC. What was and your having, PPC strategy? Having... Um, I just hit it hard. I mean, in the, in the, like high bids or something. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the beginning, everybody wants to try and get, at least most people I talk to say, you want to shoot for a 30% a cost. And I was actually shooting a 60% a cost. And and the reason for that Mm -hmm. was that's my break. Even if I, if I have a 60 a cost, I'm not making any money, but I'm not losing any money either. What all I'm trying to do is, is get as many impressions as I could get as many sales as I could and build. And once I got into the top 10, then I backed it off and now I run right around between 25 and 30 on the ACOS, which is only about a quarter of my sales. 75% of my sales now, because I'm in the you know top 10, uh, mm-hmm. is organic. Okay. Now, did you do anything in that first month or so to, to get those initial reviews, such as use the early reviewer program or, or just send them follow-up emails? I used the uh, uh, early review program to get my first five. Um, okay. And then uh, after that, uh, um, I used an email that I just switched over recently to Healing 10, but I was using another okay. program for the feedback and, and, yeah, trying to get reviews that way. Did you notice that sales picked up or maybe even ACOS went down like once you hit any certain number with your reviews? Like did it get better? Did, did it help your uh – so once I got to about 100 reviews, it started to make a big difference. I've got almost 600 reviews now, and, and it's just every day I log on, I got more reviews. It's just crazy how quickly it builds. So you've got this one product with three variations. What have been like the most you've grossed uh, in a month for these products? $100,000. $100,000 on three. Is there one? Is it your initial product that's like dominating most of the, uh, yeah, the sales? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's probably... About sixty percent of my sales, twenty percent comes from, or forty percent comes from my other two variations, and it's kind of split, you know, twenty twenty. 
how long did it take to get to that $100,000 monthly mark? Do you remember what your first month sales were? were? So my first month, so October was almost nothing and, and it was only a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Uh, November, uh, I did $2,500 in sales and I was like, okay, you know, it's doing something. This is, this is interesting. Okay. Maybe I can go somewhere. Uh, in November or uh, in December, uh, I did 12500 in sales. Uh, and I was like, okay, it's Christmas, you know, that kind of thing. You, you know, let's see what January does. I did 12500 in January and sold out mm-hmm. a product. Um, mm. From then on until April, it was a fight to keep product in because it would sell out so fast. I was I was ordering half my shipment by air, half my shipment by sea, just so I could keep product uh, uh, in because as soon as it would hit, it would sell. April was the first month that I had product all the way through the month and I had $100,000 in sales. Wow. So, so when you, when you would go out of stock and then you came back in stock, did you do have to do anything to like get those sales going again, or you had kept your keyword ranking, even though you were out of stock? So I, I slipped a little bit of keyword ranking, but I was impressed at how quickly it came right back. As soon as I started making sales, it, it came right back. So typically I would hit it hard with the 60A cost or, or shoot for the 60A cost on my PBC campaign. But within a week, I'd have to dial it back because I was right back to where I was. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, last year we didn't have the ads uh, available to everybody. So I'm sure you're not using, you might not even be using it now. So what was your PPC strategy as far as like how many campaigns per, per product? Like, like, did you just do the keyword targeting? Did you do exact campaigns? Did you do broad campaigns? Did you do a uh, uh, product targeting? What, what, what so kind of campaigns? I started with an automatic campaign. Um, and then I adjust the numbers on that and move everything into once I find out what's performing into a manual campaign and do uh, where you lock the bid at a certain price. And I usually Mm -hmm. lock it in like 10 to 15 cents above what they suggest. Okay. And what's your budget like? Like what kind of a budget, daily budgets do you have uh, overall in your campaigns? Uh, So right now I'm doing $600 a day. $600 $600 a day. Yeah. Okay. And then you're definitely, and, that, I mean, and that's the weekends. That's the weekends, uh, like, like Saturday and Sunday when I get the most, most impressions, most clicks, um, during the week, I'm averaging about 150 to 200. Let me ask you this. The, 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 and, and I almost hope the answer is no, because now I'm going to be able to teach. I mean, you're, you're teaching me some stuff here and everybody else with your story, but, uh, how are you paying for your PPC campaigns? Are you just having them take it out of what you well, get? From Amazon? Yep, yep. Ah, good. I can teach you something. All right, what you need to do is you need to get a credit card that either gives you cash back okay. or that gives you tons of miles, you know, like the Chase Sapphire card or the Hilton Honors special card or one of these cash back things that give you 1.5 or 2% cash back. That because makes sense because then you can time- switch it to that. I mean, $600 a day. Uh, let me just pull out my... Uh, calculator here uh at, what what is i mean that's what uh, eight, that's 60 120 yeah a month am i am i like completely off i'm just trying to do it on my my head that's like what eighteen thousand dollars a month okay right yeah i mean imagine i mean like you you wouldn't even you would never have to pay for a flight again <laughs> if you're getting eighteen thousand. this is awesome seriously i, I seriously. love this idea i don't know why i didn't frequent flyer miles all I'm right numbers boom. guys so this is this there is, you go <laughs> all right so i hope everybody learned that guys if, if you get up to that level where you're paying any amount, you know, if you're just having it deducted from your, your disbursements, it's not doing anybody any good. I mean, yeah, you're paying it, but pay with a credit card, get some points because it's not like you need, you're going to pay interest because you know, you're just going to pay these credit cards off every month right away. But make, make, make that PPC work for you, especially when you get to that, that amount. All right, cool. 
So yeah, that's so a yeah, teaching I do, something. I do that. I don't know why I didn't think of this, but I do that with all the product I order from China. I put it on a credit card and then boom. I'm whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. How, how are you paying with a credit card your product from China? Through Alibaba. Ah, see, I haven't, I, I don't use Alibaba. I didn't know you. Could, so is that using their, like their trade assurance? Yeah, or, using so their trade assurance. And actually I'm probably going to move off of that because they charge a certain percentage for every. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, that'd be curious. Everybody will tell me that's the only way to do it when you're working with a supplier that you don't know. And, and, and it makes sense. If you have a problem with the trade assurance, you can go back, you can get your money back, that kind of stuff. Um, now I've got such a good reputation with them, you know, we communicate through WeChat all the time now. I don't communicate yeah. through Alibaba as much anymore. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, interesting. Yeah, you're, you're probably losing a lot of money there. But if your profit margins are high and you really like points, you could do that. But yeah, I would suggest not only moving to cash or, or wires, but even you know the all the Helium Ten Alta. I'm sure you've heard of that. You know, if you pay, you you can offer them to pay in the Chinese currency and possibly even save more. So you. By paying wow. with your credit card, you're probably paying at least you know two three percent uh, above it, and then by paying in dollars with your credit card, they're probably charging another two to three percent. So you could potentially save you know five six percent or more by switching to um, Alta. So if you haven't started your your Alta account, you know just go to growwithalta.com, and I'm talking to you, uh, Ron, and everybody else listening. But guys, growwithalta.com it'll allow you to get your disbursements to your Alta account, and then you can actually without getting charged you know, ridiculous exchange rates that most people are doing, you can pay in the Chinese currency and, and they like that a lot more because even though they don't tell you, suppliers are giving you a little surcharge when you pay them in dollars. All right, I'm gonna look into that. That sounds awesome. Cool. Now, let's talk a little bit more about what catapulted you from that 12,500 and all of a sudden within just a couple of months, you were at 100K, did something happen to your competitors? Was it only the fact that you hit 100 reviews or what changed or, or was it was it COVID? I mean, what changed that allowed you to, to scale so, Nothing so fast? Nothing specifically that I did. It, I just could not keep product in fast enough. I think I think it was it would have been supported earlier if I had I'd been able to keep the product in stock. It wasn't until April because I, I started this whole business with a $5,000 line of credit and said, this is what I'm going to spend on this business. It's either going to start making money and I'm going to reinvest because everything I've made up until now, I've reinvested in the back into the business right now. And I was just looking at these numbers before we got on. Um, right now, I have enough inventory to last me to, through the end of the year. It's all paid for. It's either in Amazon, on the way to Amazon or in manufacturing now. Um, uh, but it's all paid for. Uh, if I did nothing between now and the end of the year, I would gross 200000 for the year. Hmm. Okay, so I, I take it by what you just said that you, you pretty much send everything to Amazon as opposed to like using a you know your local warehouse or something. Everything goes directly from the supplier to Amazon. Correct. Um, okay. I, there was one time because of COVID that that I had product that was that was being that was ready to ship out with no place to go because Amazon wasn't taking it. So I, that I had to ship to my house, store in my garage for three weeks. And then as soon as Amazon opened back up, I had product in there within three days, which was the month of April. Okay. What's your, um, your gross profit margins, uh, now that everything's kind of, uh, you know, you're not in launch and it's kind of like uh, clockwork here. Uh, about 50%. It depends on how hard I'm hitting PVC and stuff. So then what, what, what's your retail price for your product? Uh, 25, 24 
Did, did you target that? Like, you were, were you looking for a product around that price range? Yeah, I was looking for anything between twenty, uh, fifteen, and thirty-five dollars. Okay, and then you you said you started with five thousand dollars total. Yep. All right, so that five thousand dollars was enough for your initial order, getting it to Amazon, and getting those uh, the initial PPC and things going. Yep, exactly. And then now you're doing almost a hundred k per month. You planning to do anything differently? This is going to be kind of like your second Q4, but obviously things this year are completely different than than, than last year. Yeah. What are your plans, or what are you doing differently, if anything, other than just stocking up on the inventory, like it sounds like you're doing? Not really doing anything differently. I'm going to see how this season goes. This would be my first season where where I have history. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I. I don't know. I, uh, last year it was, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I feel like this year yeah. I know what I'm doing a little bit more. <laughs> now in your niche, are, are you number, the number one seller now or top five or what would you say? Um, so in the niche, I track, what is it? 50 keywords and, and, and at least 40, 40 of them I'm in the top four. Okay. What about sales? Do you track like using market? Are you using market tracker uh, by Helium Ten at all? No. Oh, you gotta uh, you gotta use that. So so uh, open up market tracker. You're gonna put in what you think are the five top money making keywords for your niche. Yep. You know, like if we if you were selling collagen peptides, it'd probably be collagen powder, collagen peptides, yep. hydrolyzed collagen yep. peptides, you know, like whatever the top, I mean, you, you probably know what your top five money-making keywords are. And then you add your product and then all your top competitors, so especially the ones that you're tracker, tracking. Right? Yeah. Not in keyword tracker. This is market tracker. Cause in keyword tracker, you can add, uh, yep. five of your competitors. I yep. Use, I absolutely. And, and you're doing that already, yeah, right? I use that a lot. Yes. Cause that's important. Uh, that, that's something that a lot of other sellers don't do is, you know, of course they're worried about their own rank and, and that's fine, but sometimes it's even more important is your relative rank compared to your competitor. Yeah, so yeah. keyword tracker, you're on the right track, but if you're not using market tracker yet, you absolutely need to start because you want to know how you're stacking up as far as sales go, regardless of the keyword, you know, just overall, yep. what are your sales compared to you, who you view as your top competitors? And you're going to get like a heads up. If there's like new movers and shakers that, that, you know, are launching and making big waves, you know, you can kind of do some defensive posturing as it were a little bit ahead of time when you notice somebody coming on, like, has that happened? Like just, you know, obviously you haven't been using market tracker, but have you noticed like new players, you know, come into your market and, and there, you know, maybe try and take some market share? So there are, I, I'm one of the top sellers uh, my reviews are up to like 600, um, and, and growing rapidly. Um, in April, I was just over a hundred. So, so it hasn't taken long to get the next 500. Um, uh, there are a couple people that have branded recently and I see making moves in the market, but I didn't, I didn't know, I don't know anything about market tracker. So I'm going to have to dig into that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you say you, you, you've been just reinvesting all, even, even with 50% profit margins. I mean, that, that's a lot of money over. I mean, if you're making 50 or if you're grossing 50 grand, hundred grand a month, it's still a hundred percent has just gone back into the business. You're not, you're not taking any money out well, for yourself. It's crazy. I haven't really taken much money out for myself. Just recently I bought a new car and put money down on a house, but that's about 40,000. What, what kind of car? Uh, I just, I actually bought my girlfriend a new car and it's a uh, 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 Volkswagen Jetta. You making payments or do you pay cash? Oh, for I it? pay cash for it. See, like, could you have done that? No, I couldn't. A year ago? I couldn't have done that. 
I love it. I mean, you only had $5,000, you said, I think, right? Just yeah. to be able to. Well, that's what yeah, I so... allocated for this business. Uh, it was uh, actually, it started as a part-time thing. I was expecting this to take 10 years to grow into something that, that I could, you know, use as retirement kind of income. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did not expect to be doing $100,000 a month by April. Yeah. But, now, during this time, if you're not, I mean, it sounds like you're just, you know, using it for you know, a car and then the down payment on the house, but not for like daily, uh, daily use. So what's your regular income then? Or if, do you still have I an income? I work for a nonprofit. Okay. Okay. So you still have, still have, so, so I'm, I'm just trying to like, uh, paint the picture here for people who might relate to you is like, all right, if you have a, 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 another steady income, you can keep that going and then, you know, keep reinvesting. Now, is there a point where you have kind of mapped out where you're like, Hey, if I start hitting this figure, I'm just going to quit the day job and, and just focus on Amazon. I could or? actually quit the day job right now and live off of what I'm making now. And, 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 and I still plan on adding products and, and building this business, but I, it's really kind of a part-time part-time thing. Um, <clears throat> I don't spend more than probably, I don't know, four or five hours a week. Um, uh, just research. And, and now like the product that I have now takes an hour a week. I got to go over my PBC campaign. I've got to mm-hmm. do some, you know, market research and see what the competitors are doing, that kind of stuff. Order a new product, uh, look at my sales, do sales projections. So I know how, you know, I like to keep three months in stock at all times because I've had so many problems with shipping and Amazon and all kinds of stuff. So if I keep three months out, when I get down to about two months, I order the next month because it takes two months to get there anyway. Okay. So, so you're basically spending just a couple hours a week on your current business yep. and, and it kind of takes care of itself for the most part. Yep. Cool. Cool. Now, are you actively now using black box again, trying to find your next product? I am. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying to stay in the, the category I am. That was literally I, my question I was going to ask. Yep. I have to, I have to leave the niche that I'm in, but I want to stay in the category that I'm in. You going to launch it as the same brand or a new brand? I'm going to launch it as the same brand. If I stay in the same category. Okay. Do you have brand registry? Or your I brand am yet? actually working through brand registry right now. What are your short and long-term goals? I mean, like you said, you're, you're kind of surprised with, with how fast you were able to scale up, but now that you see what's possible, uh, obviously I'm sure your outlook has changed. Yeah. So what are your 2021 and beyond goals now? So my goal for this year was 250,000 in sales. And, and, and I thought I was, I was aiming high, but that's, that's what I do. I aim high and you know, if I come up a little short, I'm fine. Well, I've blown that out of the park already. So now I'm shooting for uh, half a million, which I'm easily on track for. Um, I want to do uh, a full million next year. And that's only adding one more product with three variations. If I can keep up the volume that I'm doing with this product, which may or may not be possible. Um, and then 3 million for 2022. Okay. And, and, and I, I love, I love how you have that mapped out. Yeah, like that. And I think that, that probably around the beginning of next year, I will quit my nine to five, my, my working at the nonprofit and start volunteering there instead. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Now, is there any looking back, you know, th- there might be some, some Amazon sellers out there like, my goodness, you know, this guy's spending an hour and, and he's making 40 plus percent profit and, and grossing 50 to a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm working my butt off over here, (laughs) 
once you get the product, once you get everything in line, like like I said, I've got enough product already going to Amazon uh, to last me to the end of the year. There, there isn't a whole lot to do once you get it running. But in the beginning, this time last year, I, w- I was spending 10, 12 hours, you know, a week easy, um, you know, trying to find products, trying to set up my listing, trying to get all that mm-hmm. stuff done, trying to get great photos. You know, I just recently converted all my photos over to, because of the product, over to uh, 3D rendering and upgraded my uh, uh, my listing a lot. Uh, so we'll see what that does with my sales. When did that go live? Uh, I want to say two weeks ago. Okay, so not enough data yet to see if it's uh, made any uh, difference? I, I can tell that it's already making a difference. Um, uh, my sales were up 30%. Uh, in the last two weeks. So, um, and I haven't changed anything with my PVC campaign or anything. So it's really weird. One of the things I've learned is if you're going to change something, you got to stop and give it time. You can't change something every day and then say, oh, look what I did. This made a difference. Well, you don't know if it was what you did yesterday or what you did last Mm -hmm. week. You got to do it. You got to let it sit for two weeks. Four weeks is better and see what happens. So you've got to change something and give it time to react. Let the, let the yeah. market talk to you. Don't, don't, don't try and guess at what, because you're changing so many things. So yeah, I made those changes about two weeks ago. I'm going to give it a month and see what happens. Okay. Now I, I'm just trying to kind of like reverse engineer, you know, why you were so uh, successful. And sometimes you, you, you can't always just, you know, find some exact thing. You know, sometimes it is just a, you know, look at the draw. What was your you know, you talked about your initial listing optimization. Uh, what was your, your keyword research strategy? Did you basically just use what, what we teach at, at Helium 10 yep. about looking at your competitors and running Cerebro and things like that? Or yep. did you have any special ninja tactics that you were using? No, I, I just followed the rules you guys set forth. Um, I do a lot more uh, on my automatic campaigns. I will target weird stuff that's kind of related just to see if it hits. Um, and, and, you know, if I get a keyword that, or a keyword phrase that, 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 you know, uh, starts to get a lot of impressions and starts to get sales, I, I'll move that into a manual campaign and monitor that for a while. Um, I have, I've got two manual campaigns, one that I, I don't mess with. I've kind of figured out where I need to be on that keyword. So I'll switch it into that manual campaign. Then I got one manual campaign that I'm playing with, you know, bid up a little bit, bid down a little bit, see what, how the market reacts. So uh, see how the sales, you know, the ACOS changes, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but yeah. What was your, uh, how did you get your initial, you know, I know you just said you, you did 3d renderings recently. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but, uh, how did you do your initial photography? Did you like hire an, uh, photography agency to do it or was it all like photoshopped or what did you do so i got lucky i've got a roommate that that was a professional photographer for a long time so i i gave a gate sent him three listings and i was like look these are the guys that are doing good these these this is their listing i want you to come up with photos for me so i paid him to do the photos and he gave me a really cheap deal and and that's how i how i started did you do lifestyle images and infographics and all that too yep yep Excellent. Now, now, what prompted you to say you wanted to level up and do 3D renderings? Were competitors doing it? or A what? lot of competitors were doing it. In fact, when you look at my niche, almost everybody in there has 3D renderings. And, and, and really, I thought that, that you know, people like my product because it's a real picture and, it, and it's the real product. But if everyone's doing it, I, I decided to, to, to have some of my photos 3D or my product 3D rendered uh, and try it for a while and see if, you know, maybe that does better. Maybe that's why, you know, everyone's doing it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to give it a month and see what happens. But like I said, my sales are up 
uh, uh, almost 30% in just the last two weeks. And I really haven't changed anything but that, the, the rendering photos that I added. Okay. Now, how did you find somebody? Uh, did you have another roommate who does that as well? Or how no. did you find somebody to do your 3D? No, um, actually, I looked around on Fiverr and, and, and actually went off of Fiverr and found a website that, that does 3D, does the whole, all 10 photos for you. Um, uh, they, they break the product down, split it apart, uh, you know, point to certain parts, what's good about this part, that kind of stuff, which I was really impressed with. I'd look at some of the other stuff that they did. So they basically, they, they, I actually paid for them to kind of update my whole listing. The only thing I ended up using was the photos, but I wanted to see, um, you know, for $1,200, I wanted to see what they produced. Their keyword search wasn't very good. Their bullets weren't very good. Uh, but the 3 degree wondering was, was fantastic. So in the future, I'll probably use them again, but only for that part of the, the listing. Okay. Well, you know, guys, uh, I, I knew almost zero of this story. I'm learning it along with you guys. But just from, you know, the introduction I was given, I was like, you know, Ron just seems like he, he, he could be any one of us, you know, like, uh, you didn't go to some fancy, uh, college to study e-commerce, you know, you no. went from, uh, being a paratrooper to, a, <laughs> a potential electrical engineer, but then a construction worker yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and like, you know, you didn't have any special e-commerce training and, and you didn't use any black hat strategies to, no. to hack your way to page one or to, to do some, some ridiculous, uh, scheme in order to get reviews or, or anything like that. You just kind of like, you know, did what we teach. And he, it sounds like you even have room for growth. You, you, there's some tools you haven't used like market trackers and probably some other things that, you know, maybe could even increase it. And you're already uh, crushing it on Amazon. So, so we've talked about a lot of your strategies, probably, probably more than, <laughs> than, than, than most people that we, we talked to uh, on the show, but we have this thing on the show that we call the or the TST 30 second tip. So, you know, you, you've been telling us a lot of strategies in this episode, but is there anything that you haven't told us that's maybe you could say in 30 seconds or less, that's very actionable, very, uh, you know, valuable, something that's helped you get to where you are right now, either about mindset or, or just some, a specific actual strategy that you can share with our listeners today. What I would say, and, and, and this is what gets a lot of people down is, 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 is there's always going to be problems. And, and when there's a problem, you need to stop. You need to figure out that problem. You need to learn how to master that problem. And you need to walk away from that problem feeling like you've conquered it. Because if you put it off, it's going to get more complicated later on and it's going to drag you down even more. But look at a problem as a way to learn, not a way to get defeated. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, Ron, we'd love to uh, have you back in... Uh, a year or so to see if you're able to hit your 2020 and 20, uh, 21 goals and, and see, you know, where, wh where you're at, at, at that time. So, and especially we, we'd like to know, you know, how uh, many frequent flyer miles you were able to accumulate uh, yeah, thanks to, thanks to today's, <laughs> thanks to today's tip. And then also how you're able to monitor everybody using your, using the market tracker. So, so Ron, thank you so much for, for coming on and uh, wish you the most of success. 